Gotham, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you about to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. City, welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Gotham. This is episode 16. We are a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by the Dadgum Original Batman on Film. I am your co-host from the land of Jay and Silent Bob. I am Peter M. Vera. Today we are recording on October 2nd, 2020, and as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I would like to remind all of our faithful listeners that if you take the time to review and rate our show on iTunes, and we, re- and we read your review on air, we will send you a special surprise prize pack. Now, let me get into my co-host, the man who in 1996 broke a Lake Grove, Long Island record for 115 pieces of candy cord shoved in his mouth at one time. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Holzman. Oh, you're bringing up a painful memory there because I puked like crazy after I did that. But it tastes delicious. Oh, no, I can't eat. I can't eat that stuff anymore since then. It is the greatest seasonal candy ever. (laughs) And the Uh, only competition it has is Peeps. No. What about the um, the Reese's peanut butter eggs for Easter? Uh, That's okay. I'll give it like top six. (laughs) Because then you got remember you got Cadbury eggs, stuff like that. Yeah, but. I don't know. Candy seems, canes. That's a seasonal candy. That's four right there. It seems like with those eggs, the you get more peanut butter because of how it's like created. And how, you have the gold coins for Hanukkah. Like that's a seasonal candy too. Like that's already top that's five. True. That's I just true. gave you a top five. <laughs> that's a good point. And since both of us are Christian, the fact that we know about the coins is also very, very, very interesting. Um, yes, it know. is. Well, you know. But, I have been to a few satyrs in my life. Uh, hey, look, so. I'm a huge fan of Ben Grimm. He's probably probably my favorite Jewish superhero. So, <laughs> I uh, I I'm a I'm a devoted fan. I've been to some Hanukkah celebrations as well. So that and Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Ben and Jerry Stiller, like the, I mean, just great Jewish comedians. I love them all. <laughs> Where are we going with this? I don't know. It started with candy corn, so I have no clue. Yes, we went from candy corn to Hanukkah coins, East from Reese's peanut butter eggs. Man, and now I'm getting hungry with with candy. I want to. I mean, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten lunch. <laughs> oh boy! Yes, as you can see, guys, we're not only recording this on October second; it's almost three o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> so if Pete hasn't eaten yet, uh, that's a long time <laughs> to not eat food. Did you have breakfast? I did. I made. I had some eggs and some rocolate up. So. I had okay, as long as you, yes, <laughs> awesome. So as long as you had breakfast, though, did you have any? Uh, what's it called? Pork roll. I did not have any pork roll today. No. no? Okay. And scrapples the other one, but that's Pennsylvania, right? Uh, that is unknown to me. I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> well, whoever, whoever lives in, i i know there's scrapple and i think it's from it's a pennsylvania thing so if any of our pennsylvania listeners if you want to like tweet at us later or leave a comment on the show to to educate me so i don't make a fool of myself <laughs> please do scrapple's uh, a new one for me i never heard of that 
Yeah, it's like, kind of like your breakfast um, meat. It's yeah, it's kind of like a bunch of breakfast meats. <laughs> so it's I'll like let you, uh, I'll leave hash? That, I don't know. I'll leave that to I'll leave you to think about that on your own. But it's kind of yeah, it's the it's the, the name. Google. The name kind of is the name kind of of uh, tells you what kind of food it is. Scraps. Uh, so. <laughs> Scraps. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so so yes, guys, we have a really really good show for you today. Uh, there are some things we're going to talk about that are older, but because Pete has finally seen them, we will be discussing them. <laughs> I caved. At least on one thing, I caved. Yeah, one one thing he caved. Uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, but we have a bunch of other news that we're going to break down for you, as always. Uh, DC-related, mostly. Some Marvel stuff. So, And then we will be announcing our September contest winner, uh, towards the end of the show so everyone stay tuned for that mm-hmm. so we're gonna start we'll start i guess with uh our review of Watchmen. now yes this ended a while ago but while i had seen it pete had not no so i was pete- i was working and didn't have any times but uh recently I, i've had a lot of time <laughs> yes so pete got a, got around to seeing Watchmen. so i will let him go and explain uh you know tell his thoughts about it and then we'll I'll discuss afterwards. So Pete, what'd you think? Um, I was really impressed with the show, uh, especially how you know faithful it seemed to be, even though it was kind of like a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, I, it was also very relevant to the times that we're in right now. Yes. It just it seems eerily relevant. You know, it's almost like I, I watched it and I kind of got like, oh, Simpsons did it. Like this has already happened in life and was going on. It was like this show, like was made before all, before all these real life events happened. And I was like, wow, this is so eerie. Um, right. I was just, I was blown away by the cast. Um, I mean, Jeremy Irons, who doesn't love Jeremy Irons? He right. was great as um, uh, Adrian Veidt and um, uh, Reg- was it Regina King? Regina King. Yes, she was yes. fantastic as, um, as Angela Abar, Sister Knight. It was great. Um I really loved uh, my man Yaha. He came. I hope that I hope I said his name right. Uh, Abdul Mateen II, uh, Black Manta, fantastic. I mean, he was just so interesting. And it's funny because like I missed the show's initial run, so mm-hmm. like it got spoiled for me that he was Doctor Manhattan. Right. And, like, at one point in Twitter, he posted like uh, <laughs> two action figures of Manhattan and Black Manta, and he was like, "Who would win in a fight?" He's like, "Cause." I'm both of these people or something like that. And I was, and it didn't hit me until she hits him in the head with a hammer. And I'm like, no. Yep. I was like, no way. That's awesome. And it was, it was just so interesting how like Adrian was using like uh, these, I mean, the little, the, the fish people, like, I don't know what else to call them. I know. You know? And uh, the babies and just him constantly dropping squids randomly on, on yep. Pete, on random cities and everything. And, the, the woman who are artificially inseminated herself to have the, to have um the, the, the crazy doctor lady. Oh my God. It was, it was amazing. But um uh, I really enjoyed looking glass. I thought he was so cool. The mask yes. was really impressive. And I didn't realize because of the handle mustache, handlebar mustache that that was the leader from the incredible Hulk, you know, it's the same actor. So yeah, I, I was like, wow, call. I I couldn't, I couldn't put it together because of that mustache and that accent he came up with. But I just, I love the show. I thought it was great. Everything they did with Silk Spectre 2 was fantastic. How she became like this vigilante hunter. Um, the bank scene where she caught that like B- Batman wannabe was mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. 
uh it was it was just everything about the show was just so breathtaking and it's one of the most like faithful adaptations i think i've ever seen in a long time or i I mean adaptation is probably a continuation it's a continuation of the book yeah it's a sequel it's definitely a sequel to the original book Mm -hmm. uh you know it's funny that Don Johnson is kind of in the before the you know all the material beforehand. He's kind of one of the big actors they show, and he's mm-hmm. not in it for that long. <laughs> no, he's not right. So right but there, his, his character looms over the. I mean, he's kind yes, of like the driving yes. force of the, of the show. Like he's the reason why the cops wore masks, and right, he's out in the public, and his death is kind of like the movement that gets um, a bar involved in all of this, and it's just an interesting mystery. Yeah, and then you find out like the truth when when with his wife later. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a mo- that blew my mind. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> and then when she's sitting there pressing the remote to get the trap door to work, I was like, "What's going?" I was like, "No!" So <laughs> that was cool. I mean, it's it's just a great show. I mean, it, I've rewatched a few episodes, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so good. It's so good. It's so faithful, and it really. I wonder if Alan Moore hates this because he hates everything that people adapt of his work. Like, there's nothing he likes. He despises everything. So it's. Yeah, it's a really it's it's a really really good follow up. I think. Like, I think because it's not a direct adaptation, I'm hoping he likes it. Uh, because again, it's just building upon something he started. Yeah. So I think um, I love Regina King. Man, whatever she's in is always great. Yeah, she's literally she is one of those actresses that if she does a movie, you should watch it because it's probably very good, and you're gonna enjoy her in it. Um, and she, she definitely drives the show. Like there's, it's a very talented cast, but her scenes, man, are all t- are my favorite scenes in the show. Yeah. So, uh, again, we, like you said with ya with Yaha, I believe that's the right way to say it or Yaya. I'm not sure. Um, but yes, he's, he was great. And that kind of twist there. And when we find out that he yeah. is Dr. Manhattan, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how the show does, the, did the flashbacks, um, yeah. going back in time, obviously, the the Tulsa race massacre figures prominently in this with um, Louis Gossett's character, uh, you know who who to justice justice right yeah, yeah who to justice so yeah so uh, all of that stuff like you said is very apropos to what's going on today in our society with with the racial tension and uh, it was just a really well done piece it was really a it's a it's kind of a piece on our current society you know woven yeah. into this world of these characters and uh yeah i loved it it did as we know now it cleaned up at the emmys um, yeah so, i mean so and it, they they earned it they really did yes yeah um i remember when i first heard it it's a one-off and they're not going to do a season two i was kind of disappointed but now that i've seen it I, I i love it as a standalone piece you know it like, kind of like joker i don't think it should be touched i think it should right be left alone and stand the test of time Right. And there's been there's been talk about them doing it kind of like True Detective that every if someone else does do it, it won't be related to this at all. And they'll do a different be cool. version of it. Right? OK, so there's been t- I've heard talk of that. So, yeah, I would love to see more stories revolving around some of these characters. So I, you know, I these Watchmen is one of those books that I enjoy and I enjoy the movie as well. So, yeah, I mean, it made me go back and rewatch Snyder's movie, uh, the director's cut. I want to go back and, and I know because I mean, they're not really related, but um, you know, it's Watchmen's Watchmen. Um, right. I do want to go back and re, uh, reread the book. Um, but there were parts where I felt like there were little homages to Snyder. I mean, like, you know, when put a justice breaks through the window and they kind of do like that slow motion, that's like a Snyder mm-hmm. move. Yep. So, and there was a lot of just 
blue penis hanging around that's <laughs> which Zach threw at us a lot. So there there was a I felt there was a lot of like love for Zach in the in the show as well just with certain things well i think that's i mean you know they stay truth true to the character which i think is always important uh, obviously in film well hbo does whatever they want so i guess that's why yeah <laughs> I guess that's why for hbo too anything goes but yeah i mean it was i i i can see that what you said with having some of the the relations to Zach, the way Zach shot Watchmen mm-hmm. and some of the things that he actually brought to modern day cinema. I mean, I give him people crap on him a lot, but he did some of the things, the methods that he used and techniques are distinctly Zack Snyder, right? Like you have certain um, directors that have that, like the things are blowing up. You think of Michael Bay, everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks of Michael Bay. So when you have that slow motion stuff that, you know, that slow down, mm-hmm. those slow down shots, that's Zack Snyder. Everyone yeah. thinks of that's, Zach. that's like his, his, his signature, signature move or shot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, normally I would say, where are we going to go with this? Do you think there's going to be another season? Obviously, they already I said no. I, I, do, I do think, though, that Rorschach would probably be pissed off at the show just for the fact that, like, he's not he, he doesn't condone white supremacy, you know? And right. it seems like those guys misinterpreted what Rorschach's motives were and through the through the journal and everything. So, like, yeah. it, it, it was an interesting take. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying, like, I, Rorschach would not appreciate what they did with his legacy in my opinion right no i i think that's that's good i think that's a good call uh i definitely do um i did think it was cool that that's how they incorporated him into this oh yeah definitely i mean you know? it, it always bothered me in in both the book and in the movie that rorschach dies yeah you know? it's like he seems to be for me i felt like he was the main character of the movie almost he was, and he, was he tells the story. One, so. Yeah, and he's one of the main, one of the main main characters in the book. So it's like to see him, and I get like the dramatic effect of it, and because Watchmen is intended to be one and done, even though they've done before Watchmen and Doomsday Clock has kind of come out of the comic books, and you know the, right. those were the comic book sequels. So uh, you know, I appreciate Alan Moore just kind of doing like the Chris Nolan approach, and, like I'm putting everything I got into this. I'm going to make this this one way and whatever happens after it happens after it. If I, if he decided to do a sequel or something like that, but um, like, I, I get why they did it. And like, I love Rorschach and it was interesting. It was very interesting. All the, especially all the twists and everything that came with the, with the, uh, the, the Rorschach, uh, what, what were they called? The, the, I was going to call them the seven line army, but those are Mets fans. Um, <laughs> what are they? <laughs> I forgot what they're called already. Hold on a minute. Uh, I'm looking have, it up here. Uh, um, da, 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 da. I thought I had to do so- I thought the number seven was involved somewhere. Well, the, the seventh cavalry. That's what it is. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. I'm sorry, Mets fans. I'm not calling you guys racist, <laughs> please, but seven threw me off. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, I agree. And then Rorschach definitely in the, in the book and obviously in the movie, he's definitely the moral compass mm-hmm. of the, you know, of it. So the fact I was upset too, with reading the book and then obviously the movie that he dies, um, you know, it's kind of sad. It is. Uh, it was kind of, but it, it made sense. Like it makes, like you said, for the effect of what they were, where they were going with the story, it makes hundred percent sense. But yeah, like I said, they incorporated him and a, a perversion of his, uh, the way he was into the show. And it's, it's again, it's a kind of a throw also to how some people in our society take pervert religions and for their own oh, purpose. No, nobody does that. 
So, <laughs> so it's just kind of a, this show very much, and it doesn't surprise me because Damon Lindelof, that's kind of what he does. So uh, it doesn't surprise me how well he did this too and how he wove um, the story, uh, the, the what's going on in society into the story and just how it played out. A great show. Guys, I'm sure everyone listening has watched it, but if you haven't, definitely watch it. It is definitely worth your time. And I'm sure there's people out there who haven't watched it because right now we are ha- we have so much content, it's hard to keep track of it all. Let's be honest. Like yeah. even during the pandemic, like, there's so much content. You know, I mean, I'm and, and especially like I'm trying to binge watch like Halloween movies right now, like just Halloween theme movies, not Michael Myers. I'm sure I'll get to some Mike Myers movies, but like there's we have so much content. We've never had more content in our fanboy lives ever. Well, yeah, I mean, this is like you said with the pandemic and stuff, and I think that it's a good time for people, especially who who unfortunately may not be working. Or, you know, are working less than they were, obviously, before. It's a good time to catch up on the things you love. And if you love comic books and if you love Watchmen, if you love the Watchmen movie or the book, definitely take a look at, take a um, watch this because it really is riveting television. It is. So. I think it's arguably the greatest superhero or comic book show ever. Definitely can make the case. I think it takes a spot over Daredevil, Netflix Daredevil. Yes, it's definitely... Um, they're different kinds of films. I'm sorry, of shows, but yeah, I, I would agree. I think because of how what this show is, it's the best superhero show we've gotten. So, uh, yeah, we'll wrap that up real quick. So there we go. So the next thing that Pete got to watch, and um, this is something I was surprised he actually told me he was going to watch it. <laughs> I had the time. So he had the time to watch it, and if anyone knows Peter, they know what I'm talking about, and we're talking about Endgame. Uh, Avengers Endgame, obviously. Pete didn't watch it. Uh, He's not the hugest fan of the Russo brothers, so that's probably why he didn't watch it originally. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I have, I've never really discussed this with the show with the movie with Pete much. So this is going to be like a, a fresh discussion for us about Endgame. So Pete, I saw it. You know, when I first saw it, I told you I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I thought how they tied up the all um, the movies into this with this one film, uh, which was a really hard task, but I thought they accomplished accomplished it. And it's to me, it's one of the best superhero movies. I'm not saying it's the best because I don't think it is, but it's up there uh, for me. So really quickly, you give your take, likes, dislikes. Go ahead. I liked it. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Okay. I, I liked it more than Infinity War. I remember I, I, I didn't really enjoy Infinity War. Um, I still think, and everyone's going to kill me for this, but I, I still, my favorite Avengers movie is still Ultron. <laughs> I really like Ultron a lot. I um, do too. I thought this was good though. It wasn't, it wasn't really what I was expecting. And I think well, the way they weaved in and out of timelines or, and movies was, was an interesting concept. Um, I, I appreciate the things that I appreciated and this is going to come as a surprise. I really appreciate all the stuff with Tony and his dad. Um, that really hit an emotional note with me. I really liked that. I thought it was good. And everyone knows I do not like Iron Man. <laughs> so like for me to say that it, it, it means it was very good. Um, right. Everything with Captain America was just a plus, uh, especially the ending. Um, yes. It was, I appreciated getting a glimpse of the actual Hulk for, for a few moments. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that was good. And, you know, uh, seeing Spider-Man always brings a smile to my face. So when I saw Peter at the end, it really made me smile. Even though he's wearing that ugly suit. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I liked a lot of, I liked a lot of the movie, but like certain things that bother me are just like the typical, like just Marvel stuff where they, where they cram in these horrible jokes. Like every time Paul Rudd was eating something, they had to make a joke about it. Right. I thought it was dumb. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, is that your sandwich? Oh, I'm eating a taco. The lettuce blows in my face. Everyone's calling me an idiot now. It's like, it's stupid. And the, the I mean, it's, and then the whole Captain America's ass thing really bothered me. I just, I don't think he'd ever say like, oh man, that is America's. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's literally the dumbest thing in the world. I get you come out of like this amazing like fight sequence between he's fighting himself, yeah, yeah, and himself. You mm-hmm. know, and it's great because he thinks he's Loki. And it just and I was like, wow, like I was like, wow, I can't believe the Russo's pulled this off. Like, I gotta give you guys credit on this. And then they end it with that. And I'm like, you guys can't help yourselves. And then there's the the stairs jokes that bothered me with the Hulk. And then um when when Banner Hulk is like pretending to break stuff, I'm like, what dude, what are you doing? Like, stop. Just like they just saw the Hulk bash this car. What do you like things like that bother me? And because I and people get on me because I'm like, the MCU doesn't take itself seriously enough. And then you know, everyone's like, Well, what do you mean? Like, those those are my examples. Like, things like that bother me. Cause it's like it's like, you know, you take you take a serious moment and then it's like it's like you gotta insert some stupid little jab in there. And it, it for me, it, it kind of takes me out of the moment. Okay, that's fair. And it happened to me a lot actually in Doctor Strange, like when the when the cape is like doing its own thing, trying to be the Aladdin carpet. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's at times it's it's too much i wish i wish that stuff they would tone down like you could still take a kid to see this movie he doesn't need to laugh at this joke there's nothing about you know it's this is not a dark film but it's, it's right. weird because like well we're gonna decapitate thanos in the first 10 minutes and that's okay for a kid to see <laughs> we've got to include all this toilet humor because that's what they're gonna laugh at and it doesn't make sense to me but like hey it made like three billion dollars so what the hell do i know <laughs> Um, well, I think I mean obviously some of the arcs are being completed here. So I think like the Thor with Thor, um, like what did you think of Fat Thor? Uh, <laughs> the only good thing I could say about Fat Thor is when Stark called him Lebowski, I did laugh. That was, <laughs> that was, that was the one joke that worked for me. Um, I thought it was funny how he's explaining whatever happened in Dark World because no one remembers the movie. And <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I, I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um. I liked how Rocket made fun of uh, Captain Marvel's haircut. I thought that was funny too. I'll give him that. Um, I was like, okay, cool. That's a cool dig. And then she's like, I'm saving the universe, jerk. And he's like, oh, okay, sorry. I'm furry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was good. I did. Uh, I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. I enjoyed, The ending really sold me. Um, the final battle was really good. Seeing everything go down, even Spider-Man swinging from the sky, like, it's it's a quick shot, so it didn't bother me that much. I Just seeing the still picture really irks me, but uh i enjoyed it like you know watching falcon just kick ass in the final scene was one of my favorite parts right uh i really dug that and uh at the end when you know he's like when falcon's like when he gets the shield and he's you know the new captain america essentially and he's like you're gonna tell me about her he's like no i'm not and it just and that was the that was the thing about the time travel that really sold me was how you know the quantum realm slows things down so much that steve can go out and have like a 40-year relationship with peggy and, and right and like that, that was, that was great to me. Um, I did, I did find uh, Iron Man annoying at times. Like, he's like, I'm not going to help you guys. I was right. I told you to put the thing around the world and nobody believed me. And then like, Tony, we need your help. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do this. And he's like, oh, I figured it out. Now you guys need me. And I was like, you condescending jerk. This is why I don't like you. <laughs> uh, 
So <laughs> that's that's my take. Like I was like, and then he because like he's in the, he goes back in time and he's with his father and he's talking. Well, and I was like, okay, I, I feel bad. I hate you so much. But it's like, well, I like think <laughs> you have to think about where he's coming from, though, right? Like when he when they first go to him, he has this new life with Pepper. They have a kid. So he would be giving, he potentially would be giving up a lot of that if he helped them. And that's where his mindset was. But he didn't. I mean, he didn't no. sacrifice his life, but it's like, I don't know. It's just like, but it's then he couldn't let it go and he had to like figure it out. Like he had to prove to them that, well, well you can't do this without me. And that, that's, that's why I don't like, I don't like Iron Man for that reason. Cause I don't think it's ever about anybody else with him. It's always about, oh, well, look at me. I'm the billionaire. I got the suit. I'm the guy. I'm the good looking million. You know, like that's what bothers me about Iron Man. I feel like Iron Man is so in, into himself that, whatever he can do to basically tell everybody, well, I'm the reason why this worked. You know, like when he saved everyone in Avengers, he couldn't help but tell everyone, I'm the guy who right. fought this guy. It was me. You couldn't do this without me. Right. That's my problem with Iron Man. I, I, I think he's, I just think he's a dick. He's a narcissist completely. Yeah. That's the character. That's like who him. he is. I don't like him. That's it. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like You know? Oh, man. But you have to say it was cool how they ended his story. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, he was, it was the cool. beginning, I you liked, know, he was the guy who started the whole thing and it, it was, was a nice it was ending. Cool. It was, yeah. I thought, I did think the movie was too long. There were certain times I'm like, is this thing over yet? And I was like, <laughs> oh man, I still got an hour left. Like wow. when I saw it in the theater, I was thinking the same thing, but that's because I had to pee so bad. I'll uh, never yeah. forget. I really had to pee and I'm like, this has to end. Cause I, I did. Gonna... I, I paused it a couple times. Ago, I'm going to give myself kidney failure. If, if, if it doesn't, but man, um, it was cool. Also seeing the kid from Iron Man three in the end with the montage where they have, where they're all looking at, um, you know, the, the memorial service mm-hmm. and they're all by the lake. And you see that the kid from Iron Man three, who's like 16 now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always, uh, whenever, that... whenever that scene pops up, I always think a last action hero. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. That's I believe it's, call. I believe Shane Black wrote that too. He did. Yeah. He did. There's, there's so much Shane Black in Iron Man 3. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah for good reason. <laughs> but I hate that movie, so we don't need to talk about it. But yeah, so I, um, I, I don't really have much pushback of anything you said. Like, I know how you feel about, I obviously knowing how you feel about the directors of the film, I understand where you're coming. I, the humor doesn't bother me. Uh, doesn't take me out of the moments. Um, it does. Some of it though is a little much at times. I'm like, all right, we get it. <laughs> yeah, enough. And that's through all their films, even no, the yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. it's in in Far From Home when Peter Parker's like sliding in the bell tower, banging his head. I'm like, he's Spider Man. He sticks to the ground. <laughs> well, you got you know artistic license. There's always artistic license with these things. I guess. Um, yeah. and yeah, and at least now, I mean, obviously you knew that Tony had died <laughs> before no. he saw far from home. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew, I knew. Mean, it, it, when my brother, my brother comes home from seeing it in theaters and he's like, he's like, you're really going to like the ending. I'm like, I was like, Iron Man dies. He's like, yeah. I was like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was cool though. Like, I, I do wonder though, like it's funny, like Thanos goes for the snap and nothing happens. And then Tony's got all the gems in his, on his gauntlet. And I was like, how did he do that so fast? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It was, because everyone, I think, thought that Captain Marvel would would be the one. At least I, thought I she did. She'd be in the movie more. She was hardly. In, she dropped off the plane, and then yeah. she came back at the end. She wasn't like in the movie at all, really. 
Yeah, no, she wasn't. She was in the beginning and the end. That's it. Yeah. She isn't in any of the middle. But they were cl- they were tying up all the stuff from the original cast, right? So they were bringing in all the, mm-hmm. you know, the banner. You, obviously, you have Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. I, I never got the whole you know? thing between a Hawkeye and uh, Scarlet Wh- uh, uh, Black uh, Black Widow. Widow. Black Widow. I never, I never, I was never invested in them. You know? See, I, I, I was because it started in the first Avengers between them. Um, and I, I didn't know what their relationship was, but as time went on it, with the other films, you understand. I just want to know what, was it Budapest? I want to know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, like, I made that too. movie for crying out loud. Yeah. Maybe they'll do, uh, aren't they supposed to be doing a Hawkeye show or something? So I don't maybe know, they- <laughs> but it's like, th- that's, it's like the Kessel run in Star Wars. Yeah. Which we got in like, Solo. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, we got to wait for that. And it's like, you know, and Star Wars isn't my thing either, but I remember that. So like, take that, take that nerds. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. And what was going right. on with the hair? She's blonde. She's like half red. I was like, what is, like, I never understood why she was blonde to begin with. Who? Uh, Black Widow? Yeah. She has streaks. And I guess it's because she was kind of like, uh, wasn't doing anything at that point in the earlier in the movie. Like she's just kind of sitting. It's at- interesting. I don't know. Like I've never seen her blonde in a comic book. So. I really liked how I will say the one of the things I liked about the film is how they explained how the world was after the snap, right? Like they go through that whole period where mm-hmm. um, Captain America is going to support meetings and, you know, uh, Natasha's kind of running the rest of the crew and they're all out on these certain missions. Yeah, and, and you could just feel the stress on her. I What right. I really found interesting about this, and I think this is where the movie really, uh, well, I found really, it, it excels for me. Um, there's really no villain. No. You know, like Thanos is in the beginning and then Thanos is in the end, but he's not the essentially the villain of the movie. No. And I, I think that's where the movie is like one of its kind, because I don't think any other CBM can do that. Like there's always some big bad guy at the end of the movie. Right. You know, and in, in the yeah. case of like Joker, he, he is the villain of the movie, but it's from his point of view. Right. So like even that has the villain. And even you could make it that society is the villain of that film. But um, yeah, right. there's the villain, no villain in Endgame at all. No, the villain is kind of their failure, right? Like that's what it's they're trying guilt. to overcome. Yeah, yeah, their guilt and their failure of mm-hmm. not saving the world. That's yeah, and yeah, and I will like it was very well done from that point of view. And I know people have problems with the time stuff, and I will be honest with you: when they explained it the first time I saw it, I had no idea what they were talking about. So, oh, I, I first. I, t- I just wish they didn't bash every time travel movie that we've I, watched oh, yeah, all life. They're like, we got to put true. these down to explain our time travel methods. I was like, just, just explain what you got to do. But. Yeah. So having seen this and having obviously, I know you haven't seen every, all the 22 films. I ha- uh, I just haven't seen Captain Marvel. That's the only one. Okay. So having seen this now, and this is over. Um, and as we know, there's a new slate coming on with focus on some different characters. Uh, what do you think they'll do with the Avengers, um, franchise? I have no idea. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Um, and to be brutally honest, I don't care (laughs) uh, because team ups aren't my thing. I'd much rather watch solo movies. Um, and that's just me. Like if, if you make a good team up movie, I'll, you know, I'll check it out and I'll judge it for myself, but, um, I'm way more concerned about you know, the next Spider-Man movie, uh, you know, I, I want to check out this Black Widow film mm-hmm. uh, whenever that comes out, um, you know, oh, geez. And Black, and Black Panther 2, whatever, yeah. whatever happens with that. I mean, I, I love the first one. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm very interested in. I'm because I'm because of Sam Raimi. I wonder what he's going to do with it. So I'm not really. Avengers is honestly in my back burner. Right. Uh, I'm really focused on the the solo films. That's really what I want to do. I care. Right. About. Which is th- which they are too. Like mm-hmm. they're fo- that's what they're focused. We haven't heard about what the pot- next possibility with Avengers is going to be. Um, are they going to use Galactus? Um. You know, as the next big bad for the for I'm the overarching Ant Man movie too. Like I love Ant Man. Yeah, so I agree with you. Like I'm really just looking forward to see what they're doing um, with the with the upcoming slate, both on Disney Plus with the shows and in the movies. Uh, I think we have. I think because they accomplished this with Endgame and with the Avengers series, you can give yourself time before you jump into something else, another team up film. But obviously, we're gonna get one. We're gonna. Get I am some- just a little sad we're not gonna get another Captain, like a Steve Rogers Captain America movie. I'm sure. The Falcon and Winter Soldier will probably lead into um, Sam Wilson's, uh, you know, Captain America film, which right. is cool because I, I, I always uh, I like that run of comics uh, between, you know, when when Sam and Bucky are switching back between Captain America. I enjoyed that. Um, so and it's interesting how that show is going to pan out. But uh, that, that's like the only real negative I have of is like, oh, man, I'm not going to see a Steve Rogers Captain America movie for a while. Yeah, not, I'll admit that's we'll probably have things. to reboot the MCU. Like that's that'll that's what we're you know, right? I'm actually one of the movies I am interested in is Shang Chi, um, mm-hmm. just because the character is really interesting. I have and, I know nothing about him, and those are yeah, my favorite so, types of movies to go in dark. Yeah, so I'm interested in that one uh, to see what what they're doing there because that's again one of the newer characters that we're getting. So and um, then Eternals, obviously, I want to see that. Uh, because of the director of her name's escaping me right now, but she's really good. Um, <laughs> so, and she's different than if you like, since if you don't like the Marvel formula, I think you're going to like her take on Eternals. Okay. Um, That's so why I'm kind of yeah. pumped for Sam Raimi to jump on board. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, uh, I got, so yeah, but pull up the slate here, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, whether you like the MCU or not, I think we can all agree that what they accomplished and how well they did it, you got to give credit to the to mm-hmm. that. I, and I don't and th- the next Thor movie, I w- I'm interested to see where that goes. Just out of like pure curiosity, because I did not like Ragnarok. I liked some. I liked the villain in Ragnarok, uh, but I, we've talked about this before. I'm not a fan of that film. I love the first one. The, I think yeah. the first Thor is extremely underrated. Yeah, I think the, there's a lot of parallels between that film and Man of Steel, and I know there's some time in between, like when those yeah. two movies. Yeah, no, released. that's fair. But I really dig uh, Thor one. I think it's criminally underrated. Yeah, no, I think I like the first Thor. I don't hate the second one. Everyone's like, it's just kind of blah. It's but very it, blah. I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, and there are there is stuff in Ragnarok that I do like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big Jeff Goldblum fan, and I love his character. <laughs> The, his uh, character in the movie mm-hmm. and obviously you get more loki and i think the character of loki's great so uh, and loki's, i mean uh, loki's de- i mean it's cool how like i wondered how because they're doing that loki tv show right mm-hmm. i wondered how they were going to do it but loki's got the uh what's it called the tesseract yep. you know and he just i love how he escapes that's that was cool to me mm-hmm. loki's uh little vanishing act i really enjoyed that part yeah so guys see not you, you can't judge Pete by his cover. <laughs> I said he I'd did, see it eventually. Yes, and he did like it. So there you go. No, it so. just wasn't on the priority list. Right. So I had to watch Batman like and it. Robin 15 times before I got a chance to see this. <laughs> well, yes. And um 
I think you should probably be a little bit nicer to the Russo brothers. That's all. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I don't go out of my way to trash them, but if someone's like, why don't you like them? I just, I'll, you know, I'll speak my mind. It's not right. like I, I, I don't tweet them, you know, you know, I don't, I don't say, Hey, Hey, Russo brothers. <laughs> all right, Pete. So is there any other news we're going to discuss? Do you want to um, bring to my attention? Yeah, um, Sean Gunn was recently on a little YouTube uh, interview with the movie, the movie dweeb. Um, he talks about just uh, his role in. Uh, so he talked about a lot of things. Uh, his role in Suicide Squad, the Gra- uh, the Grammys, the Oscars, and a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. But um, and working with his brother, which I found interesting. But um, just some little tidbits like <laughs> he. <laughs> what I really found really interesting, I laughed out loud was when they were talking about his like, you know, cause you see the weasel for like a split second in the trailer mm-hmm. and Sean goes, I really did lick that window. <laughs> like I physically licked my tongue was on that glass. I licked that window and he was telling, he was telling this guy and he was just like, <laughs> he goes, they had to assure me that they were going to clean the window thoroughly. And he goes, well, wh- wh- why wouldn't I think otherwise? <laughs> like, it was just kind of funny. And it's like in this, now that, you know, every we're in this pandemic lifestyle, we're, yeah. every, we're so worried about sanitizing and washing our hands that they had to like reassure. And this is before that they had to like reassure him they were going to clean this window. And it's like, you guys are dirty. <laughs> like what, <laughs> what do you, these poor actors, they get paid a lot of money, but then they're putting, who knows what kind of bacteria and infections on these dirty things. Um, but uh, it was really interesting how he ex- explained the difference between weasel and rocket. Whereas rocket uh, for the guardians and Avengers movies, he uses motion reference. And it's a different process than motion capture, which is what they did for Weasel. So okay. Weasel is what he, according to him, his movements are Weasel. Like he was in the suit, the gray suit with the ping pong balls. Mm-hmm. And uh, they captured all of his movements. Movements, Whereas for Rocket, I, it sounds like the, it, it's a different process. Maybe he's just a stand-in. I don't know. But he's he, he just said, because he didn't really delve into it other than the fact that he's like, it was, there are two different processes, motion reference and motion capture. And for motion capture, you're wearing the suit. And then it kind of made me think back to Justice League. Like, what was Ray Fisher doing? You know, like, it was. I guess it wasn't motion capture because they didn't have the balls on the suit. You know, like, I'm right. looking at he's just in the gray pajamas with, the with like, the X's and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's motion reference. Uh, I wish he got into a little bit more detail about that. And then he just, he got in, he talked about, like, just working with his brother and how it's interesting, like, when James comes to him with an idea, it's mostly like I, I either like for, for um, weasel, he goes, I wrote this for you. Do you want this? And, you know, Sean was like, yeah, I'll do it. But for the Belko experiment, which is a movie that I, I believe James produced, which is a horror movie. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's really cool. If, if you guys haven't watched it, I really suggest you watch it. But for the Belko experiment, he said, I wrote this movie picture character and i thought that was really cool how like there's it, it he doesn't always write these characters for his brother but mm-hmm. he lets him pick like the role he wants in certain situations um i found that really interesting and you know they just they just delved into like the history of the weasel and how the weasel in the 60s he was uh he was a guy who was kind of picked on and everything and he put on this suit with these razor claws and it was it so it's a guy in a weasel costume but this weasel is kind of a mutant, metahuman, right. anamorphic, giant weasel thing. So it's a little bit different from the book and uh, kind of more similar to the new 52 weasel. Um, and as I, as I read uh, deeper and deeper into the character, I don't know if this counts as a spoiler, but the weasel was killed in, 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 uh, in an, uh, Suicide Squad 
uh, Doom Patrol like crossover by the Thinker, and the Thinker is in this movie. So ah. I was like, okay, so there's some kind of history there. And we saw the thinker in the, the CW flash TV show. Right. And now we're going to see him in the, a, a different version of suicide squad. So I'm wondering how they're going to be different. And I'm wondering if, if maybe there's some sort of interaction, maybe the, maybe the thinker is some sort of um, double agent, if you will. Cause we all know he has his own motives and, and his own drives. Cause he thinks he's smarter than everybody. So, I, I, and that's just something that I thought would be really cool. I was like, Oh wow. I didn't know this. Cause I don't know much about the weasel. He kind of yeah. reminds me a lot of, I believe it's Varmint. Uh, Paul Herman will uh, correct me on this. Who's a traditionally a, a Spider-Man villain, uh, Varmint, and he's kind of like this giant rack thing who lives in the city of New York City. So, like, just listening to Sean, I kind of got that uh, that in my head. Yeah, the um, I wonder too, since you brought up the thinkers in it, and they keep they keep saying, keep hinting that a lot of people are going to die in this film. I wonder if that's a hint that his character is going to die the weasel character is going to be killed in the movie i i think everyone's dying except for harley boomer and boomerang to be brutally honest you know no and waller <laughs> well she's not like the suicide squad I, you know like saying she's kind of she's the general she sends her troops into war i don't think she's gonna right be yeah, but i just mean of the actual like suicide squad you know that'd be a lot of killing i i mean i think they're all going man because there's so many well also because there's so many lesser known characters you know like I know Peacemaker's getting his prequel show, but I think Peacemaker dies in this movie as well. You know, like I, I literally think everyone's going except for Harley okay. and Boomerang and maybe maybe like four characters will make it out. But because okay. the way they describe the movie is like this seventies war film. Right. And you know, like yep. you, you think of those movies and you know, every everybody you see dies. You know? No, it's fair. That's fair. I mean, that's definitely a fair uh, fair call. I, I I hope not because I think they might want to do something else with these characters in the future. So maybe um, I don't think we'll get a lot of them. But there are you're right. There are so many, and obviously some of them, or probably the majority of them, will will meet some kind of and death. I, I just want this to be better than the theatrical cut of the last movie, where um, what's his name? Uh, what the hell? The guy with the ropes. What the hell is his name? Um, you know, he, he yes, dies like you're the, talking the about. first five, the first like five minutes of them landing in the city. He, 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 he bites the bullet, you know, like, yeah, he tries to escape. Yeah. And it's, uh, it was kind of like anticlimactic. I was like, all right, well, you know, like, I just hope it's, uh, I hope it's better than that. What the hell is that guy's name? I'm forgetting to Slipknot. Slipknot. Yes. Um, yeah. and I kind of hope it, if anything, it's more along the lines of how, uh, El Diablo passed. We're like, oh man, like, okay. Like he had his, t his moments and I cared about this character and I enjoyed it. And like, I wanted to mean something. I just don't, don't kill someone to kill someone. But then like James Gunn, like that's why, that's why I also referenced like the Belco experiment. Cause people, people just die in that movie. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's a very interesting horror movie where like everyone's working in this company and they all have these like chips in them to kind of keep track of them. And then, you know, the steel doors close and everyone it's, it's last man for himself. And so like, it, it's, it, I think if you watch that, you'll kind of get a hint of where James Gunn is going with this. Okay. No, I mean, I'm, like I said, I kind of, <laughs> just the stuff we've gotten so far, I kind of have an idea. And the the little back, back um, the background footage they gave during Fandom, I kind of had mm -hmm. an idea. So I, I am looking forward to the film. I think that was a cool, that's some cool information you gave us about Weasel and Sean Gunn. Uh, so yeah, I didn't know about that, but definitely, uh, Definitely some any more insight we could get on that movie I'm I'm down for because I'm it's one of the ones I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. And then recently I believe uh, comingsoon.net posted an article with um 
that they did with Jai Courtney because he's doing yes. that um that movie with Liam Neeson, which actually looks pretty interesting. I believe it's Good Thief or something like that. Honest Thief. I can't remember the name of it. Um, Honest Thief. Yes. Yeah, which it looks like a really crazy premises. But um, and then it, it, they just kind of like elaborated how like Boomerang's just kind of he was saying like Boomerang Boomerang's different. Like he's like he's kind of glad the movie's not kind of re retaking the same steps he's like yeah we look different everything's slightly different but he's like because we've we've kind of grown and we've kind of evolved and he's like you know well in a sense but like he's like captain boomerang still doesn't play nice with all the other guys you know you still can't really trust him but he is kind of in a different place than he was in the last movie right yeah uh i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how all of the returning cast that they have are going to be in this film um because courtney also says in this that uh, they have, they're not completely abandoning what came before and what's already been established. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm willing, I can't wait to see how the evolution of it is. And with gun, obviously his take with his take, how it's different than air's take on the character. Uh, but yeah, he, um, he, he, I mean, I read the article very, uh, not too long ago and he kept saying how much fun they had making it, which yeah. is the theme we got, I think, watching the panel and fandom that they did. Uh, they all seem to really, really love each other and have a good time on the set. And, and that picks up where the last movie left off. Like those yeah. guys are really close. And I feel like Ayer's movie is way more like urban kind of almost like gangland. And that's kind of more his style. But yes. this, like I said earlier, like this James Gunn movie seems to be way more like military or militant and just kind of like maybe almost like, I don't know, like a Viet Cong, v- Vietnam yeah. invasion type thing. Yeah, and I definitely get a more comic book feel from this one mm-hmm. uh, than I got from the first one. Uh, I actually wish uh, Jared Leto was coming back. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> but, do too. I got no beef with this Joker. You know, like I, I think it would have been cool to have him in this and somehow, and who knows, maybe he is. I'm not, I don't know anything. <laughs> it's just pure speculation. I don't think on my part. the two of them don't get along like Gunn and Leto don't like each other. I know. But maybe that would be a way for them to bury the hatchet. I don't I, know. I can get along with probably people I, I can't stand if someone writes me a check. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. If it's if it's a big enough check, maybe that they could do that. But anyway, it, yeah, it was interesting to read that from Courtney. Like I said, all the information we get about this film and from the from the cast and the little pieces that we do get, we can, we can kind of start piecing together in our mind the kind of film we're gonna get. And that's kind of what this article did. Uh, t- basically saying, yeah, my character's pretty much the same guy, but obviously he's grown since we've seen him last, and um, Gunn's a different director, so he's doing something different with him, um, which is going to be awesome. So I, I and the best can't part wait. was this film wasn't interrupted by the virus, you know, like yeah, were, that's true. It sucks because like Idris did at one point contract the the COVID nineteen virus, yes, early on in the pandemic, but they yeah. the movie was shot in the can. So it's yep. it literally had just entered post production when the virus broke. So it's the release date's probably going to change if anything, right? I mean, I have no idea. It's supposed to release August sixth of twenty twenty one. Everything nothing's released, changed. Well, I mean, I don't know. Every every movie's release date's changing, so I'm not going to say it. But as of right now, right, that's the only thing I think that can hurt it is the release date. But the movie's finished. You know, it's not like the Batman, which started production had to stop production, and then started up again. But uh, and had I, to stop again. It's probably it's yeah. Well, it's more along the lines of Wonder Woman. I, I feel if that. Yeah, I think so too, and I'd agree with that. So, so yeah. So we got some uh, we got some Batman news as well, right? We got some uh, Batman news from a Batman writer 
It's about uh, time we are a Batman podcast. <laughs> yes, we're getting we're finally getting around to Batman. So here we go. So we got news that David S. Goyer, who co-wrote the script for The Dark Knight Rises, is heading back to Gotham. And he's going to do an original Batman podcast for Spotify. It's going to be called Batman Unbur- Unburied. And it's, orig- it's an original story. He's going to executive produce and script and audio. And it's said to be a narrative podcast. So um, obviously what that means is kind of be like story time in a way probably with some voice actors or someone, maybe some voice people uh, doing voices from part of the script. I don't know, but we'll see how that goes. So when I saw this uh, the other day, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I think it's really cool. Um, I think it's also cool that it's exclusive for, for Spotify um, in a way. Not not that, I mean, I want everyone to be able to listen to it, but I haven't heard. I don't know how many exclusive podcasts there are for certain services. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting to me. So I'm really looking forward to this. I can't wait to hear about the story and figure out what, what it's about. So what about you, Pete? What's your take on this? This this sounds really cool. It, it, I feel like it's a book on tape. You know, this is your modern day book on tape. And Goyer has cemented his legacy on Batman. You know, he was a big part of Begins. He's a big part of Dark Knight and Big Dark Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes Goyer left to his own devices can get really weird. He can. You know? um, at one point, I mean, I've mentioned this before, he's... He claimed that She-Hulk was a character just for the Hulk to have sex with, mm-hmm. even though yeah. they're related. That's even weirder. Um, <laughs> and then Blade Trinity is the one of the worst CBMs we've ever seen. Um, but you know, if someone's able to kind of guide him a, a little bit, kind of Nolan style, he can really, really take advantage of that and and hone in his craft. But um, I'm pumped. It's it's some cool Batman stuff. He's gonna do like some darker psychological things, which. I feel like maybe more Mad Hatter, um, Calendar yeah. Man. Uh, a lot of he likes the Scarecrow. We know that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and I'm trying to think of maybe even the Wrath. The Wrath is kind of a, a psychological villain. He tries to be uh, almost a Punisher version of Batman. Uh, so th- that should be interesting. And uh, I mean, I'm just interested to see what Goyer does does with it. You know, I mean, he's because of where he's come from. I'm so interested in and because Goyer's written a lot of stuff that we just like like his uh, his credentials are really impressive. Yeah, like so, there are certain writers out there who um, they're very good, but when left to their own devices, they can go off. So when he has, a, I guess, when he has a specific frame, like a, a, a an outline to follow, mm-hmm. he, you know, that's when he seems to do his best work. It was cool that he did he did say, and the quote in the article is, "We'll be using the unique advantage of audio to dig into the more nightmarish members." So, like you were a member of Batman's Rogues Gallery, so as you were just saying, the psychological guys, uh, the psychological members of of the Rogues Gallery, uh, you know, we'll get we're going to get a little bit more a uh, darker if you can get darker. <laughs> with batman which is going to be cool to see or hear so um yeah i'm really looking forward to this uh definitely want uh more batman content like this i think it would be cool if we can get more stuff yeah i uh, like this um so just expand the brand even it's, more it's just a it's a different medium to kind of do stuff in and that's what i really am so interested in you know it, i feel like this is the first of its kind for batman i don't i don't know if we've ever experienced anything like this yeah, I don't, I can't think of a something like this that's in podcast. I know there's been Wolverine stuff done on podcast. Okay, uh, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, there's been Wolverine stories done that way, but I have never. There could be, I just don't know of them. With when it comes to Batman, so 
yeah, so that's something else, guys. More content we're getting uh, to look forward to. Because we don't have enough. <laughs> well, yeah, like it's the golden time, right? We're getting all these different different kinds of superhero related content. It's it's awesome, especially for us. We love this stuff. So finally, our last topic is we are getting a return. <laughs> oh, this of is a, a mind blowing event. <laughs> yes, a return because. And this character and this movie was not well received. <laughs> so when I read this, uh, and when this came out, I was like, wow, they're really doing it. So what we're talking about is Spider-Man. The next Spider-Man film apparently will have Jamie Foxx returning as Electro. And as we all know, he was in the amazing, the amazing Spider-Man two as Electro, the, uh, Andrew Garfield, um, Emma Stone vehicle, Spider-Man vehicle. So, this was pretty shocking, uh, not to use the pun, but <laughs> I mean, I thought we'd never see anything else from that series, uh, you know, from that sti- those Spider-Man films. And I actually like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, so I would not be upset if they bring him back in some kind of a Spider-Man multiverse or Spider-Verse Uh really go into the spider-verse with this with these old movies and bring them all back in some form in spider-man 3 which hasn't been said but could happen now right so pete your take um i am i it's a lot of mcu spider-man is kind of a head scratcher for me everyone knows that um i don't know if if this is going to be a multiverse thing um, but then again, I feel like this movie comes after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So I feel like the, those elements might be in play after Doctor Strange's movie. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. no. Okay. So the Spider-Man Far From Home sequel comes out. Well, supposedly, who knows now, but December 2021 and then Multiverse of Madness is in March of 2022. Okay. So just looking at that, I'm going to, re- I'm going to redact my statement. I don't think they're going to introduce the multiverse before they do the Multiverse of Madness. Right, like, well, they have an end game, but I, I just don't think they're going to take away from the premise of the Doctor Strange movie. I think that this is what I like to call the Deadpool effect. Um, it's the same actor playing the same character in a different universe. I think he's getting a, a second chance, a la Ryan Reynolds. Oh, so you think it's going to be a fresh take? I do. I think he'll be more of a traditional uh, Ultimate Sp- uh, Ultimate Spider Man. Amazing Spider Man Two was inspired a lot by Ultimate Spider Man, right? And that's where you got the blue Electro from with the mm-hmm. black suit. I think we're going to get a more traditional Max Dillon. And I think Jamie Foxx is a tremendous actor. I thought he was really great as Electro. I don't think his Electro was bad at all with mm-hmm. what he was given. But his Max Dillon reminded me way too much of Jim Carrey and Batman Forever. Do you know how like Jim Carrey was obsessed with Bruce Wayne to the point where he had to become the business mogul? Right. And try to put yeah. him out of business with a box. And you know Max Dillon was so obsessed with Spider-Man that he had to become the supervillain and try to like, you know, take him out essentially. So that was a little weird because even at, at times you see like Max has got like the newspaper clippings and he's kind of like this, like he's an electrical engineer, but he's, he, he, no one takes him seriously, you know, like um, uh, what's his name? BJ Novak from the office. I think he played uh, Alistair Smythe. He like, he, he puts him down all the time. So yeah. people, people don't take him seriously at all. And it was, there was a lot of forever in that character, but I just, I just think Jamie Foxx is getting a second chance. And I think, you know, they did something similar with J. Jonah Jameson in the last movie. They brought back J.K. Yep. Simmons. They um, did. And that, to me, that felt like that was lazy casting because uh, J.K. left such an iconic 
version of Jonah out there in the Raimi movies, you know, you know, he's, you could argue he's probably the best thing in all three of those movies. You could. And it's, but this to me seems more like because of how Electro is received and how the amazing movies are received, that this is more of a a Ryan Reynolds, like we're going to give you a shot and we're going to give you some redemption. Yeah. I mean, that's fine with me if that's the way they go. I I like, like you said, uh, Jamie Foxx is very good, very good actor, Academy Award winning actor. So I mean, I mean, him as Ray Charles is amazing. Right. Yeah. So giving him good, if he has really good material, we've seen what he can do with it. Uh, and he's been good in other films, obviously. He's that... hysterical in Booty Call. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, those kind of, his earlier work were the more comedy related, yeah. um, based, and then his his more serious work as his career went on. I mean, the man is just really talented. He, he He's an actor. He's a singer. He plays uh, instruments, comedian. He's an entertainer. He's like yeah, the he... male version of Beyonce. Yeah, he really is. And um, so I'm always looking forward to Jamie Foxx in movies. I really like the, I like him as an actor. So if this is a, a complete fresh start um, with the Electro character, I'm all for it. If they're bringing him back in, like we, like we said, in some kind of Spider-Verse, multiverse type deal, and they're going to tie everything together, I'm fine with that too. I think we're going to get a Sinister Six movie really soon. Yes. Like yes. Sony wanted to do that so long ago, and we know that, we know that Morbius is in the Spider-Man verse of the MCU. Like there's no doubt about it. We saw Keaton in that trailer Mm -hmm. and we know that Venom is, I I would assume Venom and Carnage are going to be in the Spider-Man sector of the world. Like I know they're out in San Francisco right now. And I think that's kind of why they set that movie out there. Right. Because it it doesn't really interfere until they could figure it out. But I think that this will lead into like a synergy because how many you got Venom uh, and then you have Gargan, you know, a Scorpion was introduced in uh, homecoming Yep. So, the end. Yeah. And then you have Vulture and everything. So like they're they're building up to a Sinister Six movie, and that's cool. And it's just weird because like leading and I didn't like Far From Home, but the ending of Far From Home had such promise in my opinion because it it gives you something. I thought it was going to give us something we never got for, and that was like a superhero version of the Fugitive. Mm-hmm. You know, like Spider Man on the run, trying to clear his name. He's ousted. Everyone knows Peter Parker. You know, everyone was looking for Doctor Kimball. So right. it's like. That's what I was hoping for. And I don't think we're getting that now, but I'm interested to see what they're doing because I don't know anything, but the fan speculation on Twitter is very interesting. It's really open Pandora's box and everyone seems to have all these interesting theories and possibilities. And that's cool. Like I I like that type of discussion because we don't know anything. All we know are who's cast in the movie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and then around the time when um, everything was happening where they said that Sony was getting, uh, the Spider-Man like, it was going to be uh, not in the MCU anymore. Going to bring him back, and then they worked that out, and that whole angle kind of put you know made your I mind totally think, think that's coming things. back though. Like at some point, Sony's going to get really greedy, and they're not going to split money anymore. Like they've well, already I mean, tried to do that. I think it's going to happen at some point. I just think right now they're trying to build up back up their brand, and they're going to ca- they will cash in when they feel that the mo- money is at the highest peak. I, I don't think trust if they Sony. establish well, if they establish. If you fully establish Holland after this third film, right? Like, obviously, he's he's great in the role, and we all love Tom Holland Spider-Man. But if you fully establish him after whatever this third movie is, where he is, you know, now one of the the key members of the MCU, I don't know if you can pull him back. Um, that's part of the going forward. Obviously, it was clear and far from home that they were making that transition symbolically, like what he was doing with the suit and building his own suit in, mm-hmm. in the plane. They obviously were making that, that move symbolically that, yeah, Tony's gone. Peter's now one of the, the key members of the, 
of the franchise. So I don't know if Sony could do that. I think I don't think it's been. I don't think for they care about that. that. I feel like Marvel. That's more like this. Marvel has their idea, and then Sony's in the back plotting their like evil move. You know, <laughs> like I, the I, I think Feige and the MCU totally have a plan for what they want to do with Spider Man. But the mm-hmm. problem is that Sony owns the rights, and Sony's yeah. let, essentially like you can borrow this for a little bit, but when the time comes, I'm taking it back. And that's and I'm saying I don't think it's going to happen for probably maybe another movie or two. But like if 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 Sony feels like Marvel isn't playing ball and Sony's very confident in themselves, if this if this Morbius like I think Venom Venom wasn't great, but it made a lot of money. Yeah, if this did. Morbius movie is kind of similar, if it's even a little bit better, then I think they're going to get a little cocky and they're going to pull Spider Man away. The trailer looks better than Venom. Just the trailer we got, I liked. So I hope Venom Two is better than Venom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there like it's another example of a movie not doing so great and getting a sequel. Uh, it did well financially, right? So that's why they're doing a Venom Suicide 2. Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad 2, right? Yeah. Like we're getting another one. Again, it wasn't received great cr- um, critically, but it, it made, made money. It t- yeah. So yeah, so I'm, it's going to be interesting to see though what happens with Spider-Man. I agree. Uh, it's going to be something that we'll all be watching. Uh, I think there's a few characters in comic book land that generally all people love and Spider-Man is one of those characters. Uh, Spider-Man is on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, it, it went yeah, up. yeah, I mean, yeah. Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and then number four, you can probably, you could throw a bunch of guys out there. Right. Uh, Wonder Woman included. Like even, you know, not, when, when I say guys, I'm not, I'm not limiting the men. That's just a general Yes. Term. Yes. Um, you know. I got, well, I, you have to clarify yourself because every That's true. That's a good point. But, um, you know, those are, they're the top three. And Spider-Man is probably more popular than Superman. He, he is. You know, so I would, I'm, I'm going to give it to Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, and then, you know, you can figure out the fourth one for yourself. But, yeah, um, I think that's true. I mean, you could say some people might say Flash. I mean, there's there's a bunch of characters that you could put in that other slot from both mm-hmm. Marvel and DC, and you could have an argument. Wolverine obviously is another one. That Iron Man's never been po- more popular, right? So you you have all these other characters, Captain America. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could literally could go a number of ways with that one. But I think the top three, I agree with you, are pretty firmly entrenched. Wolverine and, too. Hugh Jackman left a huge impact. Like yeah. he's he he made that character so popular. Yeah, I just said that, but thanks for confirming. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I heard you say Captain America. No, I said Wolverine before that. So, oh, right. but it's fine. It's fine. You're just confirming what I said. And that's cool. I like that. So, yeah. Just for the we... record, Eric got mad at me because I agreed with him. <laughs> I didn't get mad. I said, thank you for confirming. You got, you got like talk show host mad. You're like, hey, <laughs> I was right. Sit down, son. Let me quote tweet you right here. <laughs> Oh boy. But yeah, no, but like I said with Spider-Man, he is like the one character that I've on but whoever if whether you're more of a DC fan or a Marvel fan, I think everyone just kind of likes Spider-Man. Yeah. I so, mean, I love Spider-Man so much that I will go watch movies of him I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, that's true. So yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see. And I'm I'm I didn't like obviously what's how Sony had gone with the character, so I'm glad they brought him into the MCU and used the power of the popularity of MCU to bring the character back. So mm-hmm. even if you don't like the interpretation of him, they actually brought him into this universe yeah. now and they propelled him up. And I think that's um, bringing the character back and making him a- again uh, one of the key members of the comic book movie world. So yeah, like Amazing Spider-Man Two kind of had like that Batman and Robin, I guess. With that, that BVS Justice League effect where it kind of put the character at a low point, you know, yeah. like people were not happy. Um, but it, it it did stink. Like the Peter and Gwen stuff in the amazing movies was so great. great. Yes. And it's sad how that ended because 
you know, even finally seeing like Gwen Stacy's death on the big screen was, mm-hmm. it was emotional, but like the way it happened, it's like, but then I'm thinking in my head of the old book and it's, you know, so, so it's a co- conflict of interest there, but you know, it, it's, it's just good that he's on the right track right now. And clearly the amazing movies were not going on the right track. Yeah. Even though I think, I think amazing too is better than far from home. Um, it's <laughs> we could, money, I'll not argue with that. Now, money speaks. That's all I'm going to say. Money okay. speaks. And apparently, apparently the critics speak too, because everyone loves that stupid movie. But um, what do I know? Again, like it took me like two years to see Endgame, So clearly I'm a moron. <laughs> no, you just like what you like. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah, nothing wrong with you liking what you like. Yeah, the majority speaks and the majority likes this. So like it's popular and I'll deal with it and uh, we'll see. Like, But that's why I'm so pumped for this next Spider-Man movie because it's like I got a yeah. bad taste in my mouth from the last one. I want some kind of palate cleanse. Like I want to fall in love with the Spider-Man. Like I thought Homecoming was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And that had more Iron Man in it than I wanted to. But I thought Homecoming was so great. And a lot of that had to do with Keaton. And yeah. I'm just I I want I want to feel that way about a Spider-Man movie again, and the last one just really did not sit well with me. Yeah, that the cast in um the in Homecoming, I really like you like you said oh, Keaton. Both movies were really well cast. I just there's certain writing elements and certain direction I don't agree with in the second one, but the first one's so good, and like Ned Leeds is so amazing in these two movies. Yeah, that kid is great. Yeah. I love him as Ned Leeds. Yeah. I can't no, wait you're until right. that kid loses weight and becomes a hobgoblin. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, well, we hope. Let's hope that he loses would, weight because oh, it, and doesn't lose his job first. <laughs> and they give it to someone thinner. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't know if that would happen nowadays, but you never know. But uh, um, yeah, I'd love to see that kid as the hobgoblin. I really would. It just it'd be so much fun to see Ned Leeds pop up somewhere. Right. And then like with the casting, or just be framed Glover. for being the hobgoblin. That would be cool if they could work that out. That'd be great. But I'd love to see that storyline adapted. And the whole Donald Glover casting as being a Morales, and it was just like it's a very very uh, well thought out plan. I think that they have. Where I just hope it actually comes out and it works. So, That's yeah, the biggest thing. I think it will. Because sometimes um, again, when they try to do this, it almost seems like they're trying to do too much too soon. And it's like, save some stuff. Like, you know, like you don't have to put it all in there at one movie, you know? No, but right. But like you said, with with the uncertainty of what's going on with the character, maybe three is do, it is like that because of that. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to handle it as, OK, whether he stays in the MCU or leaves, we're going to make this movie that he can go either direction and people will understand and when so. sony originally backed out you know like that was the big argument like i know rick and you were so big on well we have to see the end of this peter's journey you can't just pull him out of this this universe right now like it's it's a it's a horrible cl- it's not a horrible cliffhanger but like you're just going to leave it unresolved like let's see how this story ends right and that right. was the that was a big part when sony pulled out like every a lot of people wanted to see the end of this version of spider-man or the end of this journey this story right yeah, I mean, I do, I still do, but and I and I part of me hopes that he continues on in the MCU in some fashion. And if they do want to do movies, and Holland's open to it for doing movies in strict Sony films with the Sinister Sticks or whichever way they go, I hope that um that happens too. Like I'm down for all of the content because I, the character is just so great. So I'm whatever we can get with Spider Man, I'm in. I would be interested to see if Peter Parker shows up in Venom Two somewhere. Well, we'll see. These are all good, all questions we have to have answered when these movies come out. So well, we're eagerly anticipating, obviously, the third Spider-Man film. Now, again, we have Jamie Foxx in it as Electro. 
So it's a good piece of casting there. Um, hopefully we get a, a, like you said, either whether they continue and I hope that um, from the, I mean, Spider-Man 2, I hope that the character has grown since then or if it's a fresh take and they give him something different, different way to go, I'm in. So, yeah, I mean, there are so many fan theories on Twitter right now about this. Right. That it's, I've heard so many like, oh, wow, that's good. Oh, wow, that's really good. And they're all right. different. So like some people are saying like, you know, at the end fight, Electro doesn't die because his, his fate's kind of like not resolved and maybe there's like a portal and he goes through the portal and now he's in the right. end. So there's so many like different cool things. And it, it, I, I mean, and who knows, like maybe this kind of ends on a cliffhanger that leads into the new Doctor Strange movie because that has multiverse in the title, you know, like, yes, like I said, oh, the multiverse was introduced in Endgame and they pulled that off pretty fall- flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's out there. Yeah, you're right. It is out there. So we're going to have to see where this goes. And uh, I'm, again, all excited for it. And looking forward to it. Looking forward to everything that we discussed today uh, on this podcast. So saying that, it's time to wrap it up. So Pete, well, anything got, you want to plug? We got one more thing. Got- oh, yes. My apologies. Pete, go ahead. Take it away. We are here to announce the winner of our September rate and review contest. And the winner is Jay Oz from iTunes. Yes. Pop culture with a Batman twist. Five-star review. Straight Outta Gotham is generally a pop culture show, not strictly a Batman podcast, but the guys always find a way to tie the news and the topics back to the Dark Knight. Because really, who among us doesn't try to bring everything back to Batman? Great topics and good conversation abound in each episode. Give it a listen. So Jay, please reach out to us um, via Twitter or email at straight uh, podcast at gmail.com or at straight underscore O underscore G, uh, please send uh, either me or Eric your address or the Straight Outta Gotham handle, and I will mail you a prize pack. Yes, and I was going to say, Pete, tell them what they've won, but we're not going to do that. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. (laughs) So we will let it be a surprise. Jay, again, thanks for the love, brother. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's multiple little fanboy nuggets that I think Jay will enjoy. Yes. Yes, I think so too. So it's not just one thing. It's kind of, it's a prize. We used to call it a surprise prize, but it's actually, I was like, oh, there's, there's stickers and there's buttons and there's a bunch of cool stuff in there. So it's actually a prize pack. Yes. So guys, everyone else out there, you see, we, this is the second month. We have a, we have a second winner. He'll be getting our second prize we're giving out. You too could win the prize. If you would just go to iTunes and leave us a, a nice little review. Or a uh, a terrible review. If you hate us, tell us. And if we like the hate, you may win. I, I'll tell you what. I have October's uh, prize with me, and I think it's the best one we've gotten. Or okay. we're gonna give away. Like uh, we might. It's so good. I might even uh, give you an announcement of what it actually is, just to drive up the traffic. I know uh, the Ryan's Hoss and Lauer were like, "No, dude, you you've got to tell these people what what uh, what this is. This is this is really good." So. The next one is really good. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll do that at another time. We're not going to do that now. No, no, no. I'll do it on Twitter (laughs) at some point. So yes. So you will have, you'll actually know what you're winning this time, guys. So it's, you know, we do, we did a couple tricks. Now we're doing a treat for, for October. We did, you know, the first two were tricks. I like, I like how you did that. And now we have your treat for October. So Jay, again, thanks for the review. Thanks for the love. I hope you enjoy your prize pack. So now, Pete, we're going to wrap it up. Do you have anything you want to tell the, our listeners about? 
Oh man, I'm still hungry. I need to get lunch. <laughs> um, <laughs> just follow me on social media at Pete Illustrated, Twitter, Instagram, Zack Snyder's favorite bureau. Um, hit me up. Uh, w- please send us questions to our mailbag, uh, straight OG podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to have a mailbag show and we just, we just need a few more, um, letters, emails, whatever you guys want to send us to do that show. So, uh, please send us your emails, your comments, questions, concerns, critiques, criticisms, and, uh, that's it. Just check out our YouTube page, um, uh, straight out of Gotham, check out our Facebook page, uh, and our Facebook group. Cause we're doing Facebook lives every once in a while, uh, straight out of Gotham tonight, SOG tonight. And, uh, that seems to be it. What did I miss Eric? No, you, you got everything. You got everything. I just wanted to remind everyone, as you said, on our Facebook page, we do have, we recorded, um, sorry, we were live Wednesday night. So the taping of that or the recording of that is on Facebook live. So if you missed it, you want to check that out. You can watch us live there. Also, um, in connection with this podcast, I'm going to be releasing the audio of that um, as well as a file for you guys to listen to. So if you don't, ha- if you don't want to watch it, you can actually just listen to what we talk about. Uh, we had guests on that show. Garrett Grev was on it. Ryan Lauer was on it. Uh, Nick Zednick was on it. So there's a couple of, uh, of guests on that one. So if you guys uh, are fans of their shows, you can also listen to them on that show as well. To find me, it's always the same, Finale33 on Twitter and on Instagram. It's spelled Final E33. Uh, again, I mentioned the Facebook page, also our Facebook group. So there's a Straight Outta Gotham Facebook group. If you guys want to be a part of that, you can go to uh, find the group, Straight Outta Gotham, on Facebook and submit a, a request to be um, added to the group. And, you know, we'll we'll do a little bit of research on you first to make sure you're not crazy. And then we <laughs> we most likely will approve you there. So I believe that's it. Right, Pete? We're good. Uh, As far as I'm concerned. All right, sir. So for Peter Vera, I am Eric Holzman. This is Straight Outta Gotham. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Booyah.